Welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. You know, Jesus was a great storyteller. And that little enactment that we saw played out this morning is based upon a story that Jesus told. And it's found in Luke chapter 15. And many of you would know it as the prodigal son. Prodigal meaning wasteful. It's about a son that just wasted his life. But for me, it's actually more about the father. It's not so much about the son, it's about the father and how good the father was. And I want to speak to you about a good father this morning. Because a good father will do certain things, and we see those certain things played out in this story. The thing that I want to highlight first about a good father is that a father that is good loves us enough to let us go. He loves us enough to let us go. You see, his father knew where his son was at. And that's, you know, step number one to parenting is knowing where your children are at. And, and his young son was just selfish and unappreciative. And he went to his father one day, he says, give me my share. Give me my inheritance. And the amazing thing about this story is that the father didn't clip him around the ear. He actually gave him the inheritance and let him go. I mean, how many dads out there would just do that for their kids? Whenever you see things outworked in the stories that Jesus told, you're meant to stop and ask yourself some questions. And the question I ask myself is, why would the dad let his son go? And as I've pondered and thought about that for a number of years now, I come to this conclusion, it's because the father loves reality more than ritual. He loves reality more than just ritual. Any good father doesn't want ritual, he wants reality. He wants reality in his relationships. He doesn't want robots, but he wants relationship. Christianity essentially is a relationship. It's not a bunch of rules and regulations. People think of Christianity, oh, that's that place where you're not allowed to grow long hair, where you're not allowed to smoke, where you're not allowed to swear, where you're not allowed to do this, where you're not allowed to do that, where you've got to do this and where you've got to do that. That's not Christianity. Christianity is a relationship with our Creator. And out of that relationship and out of that knowledge of who He is, we tend to want to do certain things and we tend to want to abstain from certain things because that's the nature of a good relationship. I mean, I look at my wife down here at the front row. I've known her for the last 28 years. We dated for eight years. We've been married for 20 years. And I'm coming after you, Irene. We're coming, we're coming, we're coming. And uh, as I think about that, I think about my life and how it changed. Why? because of the love relationship that I was in with my wife. Knowing her has changed me. Doing life with her has changed me. And when you come to know God, 
and you get to know God's heart, there are some things you just won't want to do anymore and there'll be some things you want to do because that's the nature of relationships. But if you just start with you're not allowed to and you must, relationships must not be based on that. I believe a good dad will love you enough to let you go because he's after reality of relationships, not just religious ritual. A good father not only loves us enough to let us go, but it also never leave us nor forsake us. At the same time he lets us go, he's always watching. He's always thinking. He's always caring. He always has us in his heart. He's not sitting at home, whinging, complaining and depressed. But he's waiting for his son to come to his senses. He's staying in faith. He's keeping a good attitude, much like Irene Lang has done for her 100 years, keeping a good, positive attitude. And so he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. It's a good attitude that's the key. But I'll be honest with you. It's hard to not get involved Particularly when it's someone that you love and you know they're not doing well. No doubt the father in this story heard about some of the things that his son was getting up to. And can you imagine the temptation of the father hearing about his son sleeping around with all these women, wasting all his money on drugs and alcohol. I'm sure as a loving father, he just wanted to get in there and, and, and stop his son. It's hard at times to not get involved when you see people that you love hurting so much. But the nature of letting his son do all those things is that ultimately he would come to the end of himself. And we see that's exactly what happens in the story. His son was not only selfish, but his son was stupid. He made all the wrong choices. His choice of timing was wrong. He was impatient. He said, I want my inheritance and I want it now. His choice of location was wrong. He went to another country. Could be another pub, another club, another nightclub, another house, another city, another car, another relationship. His choice of spending was all wrong. He spent money on the wrong things. Money is not evil. It's what we do with it that makes it good. Or evil. This young man brought detriment to his own life because he used money for wrong purposes. His choice of lifestyle, the wild living, the bad habits, his choice of friends. And as I often say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And after all that, the money ran out. He was spent. Everything he had was gone and he found himself starving. It's funny, when you're really hungry, have you noticed this? When you're really hungry, nothing else matters. But this young man wasn't just hungry for food. He was also hungry for home. He was hungry for home. And I want to say something to you out there. When you see somebody that you love struggling, 
You interfering can be the very thing that keeps them out of home longer than the father would have them. I think about this young man eating pig food and some well-meaning Christian just giving food and keeping it. Every, every ounce of food that we, we give in order to help that person keeps him away from home that one day longer. God lets us go so that we can come to the end of ourselves. And as far as he's concerned, the sooner we come to the end of ourselves, the better. And sometimes we as Christians get involved in people's lives and actually hinder the process without helping. And so this young man comes to the end of himself. He's spent, but he comes to his senses. And that's exactly what's meant to happen. So the loving father, the good father, not only loves us enough to let us go, not only never leaves us nor forsakes us, but he also recognises true repentance. See, the father in this story is not led by his feelings or his emotions, but he's able to discern the real. See, there's a difference between repentance, remorse and regret. Some people get upset because they were caught. That's not repentance. Some people are upset because they regret they've wasted their money. That's not repentance. The good father is able to recognise true repentance. Because true repentance is seen. This young man with tears in his eyes runs to his father, asks for forgiveness, says he's sorry, and his whole language has changed. Prior to this event, he was saying, give me my inheritance, me, myself, and I. It was all about him. That was the language that he knew, me, myself, and I. But when he comes back to his dad, He says, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Will you make me like one of your servants? It's a different language. True repentance changes the way we speak. As an arrogant, selfish man, he said, give me. As a humble, repentant man, he says, will you make me? And that's exactly where the father in this story needs his son to be. So he recognises true repentance. He forgives and he restores. I love this story because when the son comes with his true repentance, the father just does what comes naturally and that's forgive him, restores him back to the family and celebrates with him. You don't hear him saying, but you hurt me. You don't see the father making him jump through a whole heap of hoops. Well, it's good to see you back, but if you're going to be part of this house, I want you to know you better get your hair cut. You better stop smoking. You better get your life sorted out. You don't see any of that. You don't see the father looking at his son saying, I told you so. 
What you see is a loving father who's able to recognise true repentance. And the moment he sees true repentance, he just embraces, he restores, and he begins to celebrate with his son. See, the purpose of letting people go and the purpose of discipline is always restoration. It's not punishment, it's always restoration. You see this young man in the story, he may have looked like a pig, he may have smelt like a pig, he may have ate like a pig, but he wasn't a pig. He was and always will be his son. The good news is, where you are is not who you are. The young man was living with pigs and eating pig food, yet the whole time he was a son of a wealthy father. I don't know where you're at in life. I don't know what you're going through right now. But there is a father who has more wealth than you could ever imagine. And he's watching over your life. And he knows you more intimately than you know yourself. He knows every aspect and every facet of your life. The things that you've been hiding, the things that you've been putting aside, the things that you've got in the closet, all those skeletons. I want you to know God sees every one of them. And he looks at you and he calls you son and he calls you daughter. And all he wants for you is to come to a place of repentance and come on home. That's what He wants for us. He doesn't want you jumping through hoops. He's not here to say, I told you so. He's here to say, you are my son. Welcome home. And He wants to party and celebrate with us. God sees you for who you are, not for what you do. He created us human beings, not human doings. We live in this rat race of a world where we find our identity based upon what we do. And if you're a lawyer or you're a doctor or you have one of those top end jobs or you've got lots of money in the bank, you must be all right. But if you've got one of those low end jobs, We find our identity is attached to what we do and God does not see you like that. God does not see you based upon what you do, but who you are. And who you are is the apple of his eye, the pinnacle of his creation, and he loves you dearly. The great thing about all the stories that Jesus told, they were kind of like metaphors. And they showed the goodness of God on one level. But they also had an a-, a practical application of showed us how to be good fathers. And so we see something of what God the Father is like. And as a result of seeing what God the Father is like, we have an understanding and an insight as to what we need to be as good fathers. The last little point for the sake of time I want to highlight this morning before we dedicate four children is simply this, that he invests in his children. See, this story doesn't just have two players in it. There's actually three. There's the good father. There's the prodigal or wasteful son. He's the youngest one. And then there's the older brother or the older son who just stayed at home the whole time. And when he saw the wasteful son or the wasteful brother return home, he was not happy. 
They were having this party. The father's put on his younger son a new robe, new shoes, new rings, and they're partying. And this disgruntled older brother refuses to go in and party with the family, who are all celebrating the return of this prodigal, wasteful, lost son. And what I love about this father in this story, he's not so caught up in the partying that he forgets his older son. But he leaves the party, get this, he leaves the party to spend quality time with his older son, to speak wisdom, to speak life, to speak truth, to speak hope, to invest in his child. You know, when it comes to parties, parties are not a good investment when it comes to your family. They're good to have and they're fun. But they're not the best investment when it comes to your children. I know this firsthand just yesterday in our brand new cafe, Origin Coffee Bar, we had BJ's 6th birthday party. And I was there and I know she's glad I was there. But do you think I saw much of her? Do you think I saw anything of her? I'm telling you, by the time she got her friends around, it was like, Dad who? Mum who? I'm out of here. The only time I really got time to do anything for her or with her was when I called them all together and I got the little cake that had been made and we got to sing happy birthday. That was all I got to do. Other than that, it was like, Dad, who? I'm glad I was there. But I would not dare for one moment kid myself that it was a good investment of my time as far as raising BJ. I know countless parents that go to every birthday party and every sporting event, and they don't miss anything, but they're not investing in their kids. You sitting there on the sideline watching your kid has some value, has some merit, but don't ever think for one moment that's going to take place of lying down on the bed with your kids and talking to them about life, talking to them about their fears, talking to them about their dreams, talking to them about what they are facing in school. Don't let the birthdays, don't let the parties, don't let the sporting events rob you of investing in your kids. I would rather, I would go on record to say that you'd be better off missing a few birthdays. You'd be better off missing a few sporting events and truly investing in your kids' lives with some deep and meaningful conversation like the father had with the older brother if you want to raise good godly kids. Because if you don't do it, television will. If you don't do it, society will. If we don't spend time teaching our kids right from wrong, if we don't teach, spend time training our kids like the Bible tells us to, then we're going to miss an opportunity, that incredible privilege of being a parent. And I would hate us to get lulled into the false sense that we need to be at everything that our kids do and kid ourselves with being good parents. Parenting is difficult. It's difficult today. I'm sure it was difficult growing up in the Depression. It's difficult. But it can be made that bit easier 
if we will leave the party and spend time with our kids and having deep, meaningful conversations. I believe with all of my heart that these stories that Jesus told are not there for us just to tell our kids to get them to sleep. It's for us to ponder, think about, reflect on, and ultimately implement into our lives that we might become more like him and less like we used to be. That's why Jesus told stories, is to get people to think a new way, to think a different way. And we have some incredible wisdom in the Word of God. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.